baby, I really need to talk to you. I really need to know that you're listening. I need to know that you that you hear my heart. Mm. Hello, NSA. Been feeling lonely in the world today. I've got some things been on my mind. And I know that you've been listening. You had my back from 2001. This Patriot Act's been so much fun. Oh, people say you're all up in the business. But I need you more in mind. Yeah. Hello, hello, NSA. How's everybody there doing today? You've been listening for all this time. Can you hear me? Tender software, pick up what I'm laying down. Got some little keywords to be our sexy sound. Tell me what to say to really turn you on. Gonna make you wanna tap that line that I'm on. Arcada, Melissa.
Welcome to Great Speeches and Interviews on Access Sacramento and The Voice. I'm Steve Lerman. Today's program is, was Bush 43 the worst president of the last 50 years? Four people debate this question. Six years after Bush 43 left office, his legacy appears to be relevant in the U.S. presidential race. Not everyone appreciates George W. Bush's sense of humor, as seen in, a, in this quote. Quote, our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we, unquote. This debate was recorded on December 2nd, 2008. The motion is George W. Bush is the worst American president of the last 50 years. That is, Bush 43 is the worst president of the last 50 years. I'm John Donvan, your host and moderator, and tonight we have arguing for the motion an esteemed panel, beginning with Jacob Weisberg, who is editor-in-chief of Slate and author of The Bush Tragedy. Joining him on the same team, Simon Jenkins, a distinguished British newspaper editor and commentator. Arguing against the motion, Carl Rove, former deputy chief of staff, President Bush and his debating partner, Bill Crystal, editor of the Weekly Standard and Chief of Staff for former Vice President Dan Quayle. Our motion is George W. Bush is the worst president of the last 50 years. Bush 43 is the worst president of the last 50 years. Arguing first for the motion is Jacob Weisberg, a chairman and editor-in-chief of the Slate Group. He has just published a book, A History of the Bush Family in Politics. It title gives you a sense of where he's coming from on this debate. It is called The Bush Tragedy. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Weisberg. Uh, if you need more time, I'm afraid I can't help you. I'd like to thank Bob Rosencrantz and Intelligence Squared. I feel like I've spent most of the past year watching presidential debates. It's nice to finally be in one. Please don't change your minds. Uh, Bush was obviously the worst president of the past 50 years. Uh, yet the task Simon and I have tonight is extremely difficult. We have to convince the small fraction of you, at least if you're anything like people who have given Bush the lowest approval rating of any post-war president who still resists that conclusion. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not sure that, that people who still defend the Bush presidency are entirely open to persuasion. But I want to try by talking a little bit about how much Bush has done wrong and how little he's done right. Let me first just tell you a little bit about my own perspective on this. I am not a Bush hater. Uh, I'm not someone who can be described as a partisan Democrat the way Mr. Crystal and Mr. Rove are partisan Republicans. Uh, I'm a centrist liberal. I'm fairly hawkish on security issues. I'm in favor of limited government. And let me just state up front, I think George W. Bush was a fine governor of Texas. I think Ronald Reagan was a successful president. And I think George H. W. Bush, 41, understood foreign policy better than all but a few presidents in the post-war era. About two years ago, I started writing a book about the Bush presidency. And I was going to spend a lot of time on Bush's successes and accomplishments. And I'll admit that I wanted to do that not just to be fair, but so I would look fair. And I looked for those successes and accomplishments, and I looked, and I looked, and I came back totally empty-handed. Uh, there were a number of areas where I expected to stick up for Bush, but I really found it impossible. For example, I was sympathetic to his approach to education reform. But even from a conservative perspective, Bush didn't allow, provide enough resources to allow for any real mobility or choice in public schools. Instead of national standards, which we needed, he let the states write their own tests. Uh, that's what the conservative base wanted. They don't believe the federal government should be involved in education at all. And uh, in caving into them, Bush ensured that he'd make little meaningful progress on education. And in fact, he has 
made very little meaningful progress. I thought Bush was right about the need for immigration reform, and then I watched him surrender to the xenophobes and nativists in his own party. I thought Bush was right to spend a lot of money fighting AIDS in Africa, and then I watched him save far fewer lives than he might have because of religious extremists, again in his own party, who believe abstinence propaganda is more effective than condoms. I thought Bush was right about free trade, and then I watched his lack of leadership lead to the collapse of the most important item on the global trade agenda, the Doha development route. So those are the partial successes. Uh, and I can't hope to cover Bush's, all Bush's failures tonight. What would be a top failure for another president doesn't even really make his top five. Um, <laughs> So never mind the, his incompetent response to Hurricane Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina, it doesn't make the cut. Never mind his denial of climate change and eight lost years on global warming, that doesn't make the cut either. I'm just going to give you my top five. Number one is the invasion of Iraq. This was the most important decision of the Bush presidency, and he made it on the basis, as I think we all know, of the false premise that Saddam Hussein was threatening the United States with weapons of mass destruction and consorting with al-Qaeda. Now, I'm not someone who believes that Bush deliberately falsified the evidence, but I believe he was totally uninterested in the evidence. This war would never have been fought if Bush had been interested in the truth as opposed to finding a pretext for something he wanted to do. I think his second biggest failure is the mismanaged occupation of Iraq. Bush refused for more than three years to change a failed military strategy. And almost that whole time, people like my friend Mr. Crystal here were desperately insisting, rightly in my view, that Bush needed to move to a counterinsurgency strategy. Bush said, essentially, don't bother me with the details. He delegated the strategy to Rumsfeld and he ignored the failure. I think the surge has helped tremendously in Iraq. The outrage is that Bush moved to it in 2007, not in 2000. 2003 or 2004. His third biggest failure is undermining constitutional rights and American ideals. Now, we, I can't go into detail here about all the ways he abused his authority and disregarded the rights of both foreigners and American citizens. But he and Vice President Cheney opened the door to torture, which led directly to the horrors of Abu Ghraib. He effectively suspended habeas corpus, holding suspects for years without charge or trial, and he took a perverse view of his office, claiming that virtually limitless executive authority was part of the inherent power of the presidency. His fourth failure was sabotaging American unity after September 11th. The day after the attacks, the front page of Le Monde in Paris said, we're all Americans. The whole world was with us. But Mr. Bush and Mr. Rove saw September 11th as a political opportunity for what Spiro Agnew called positive polarization. Now, Simon is going to speak to the harm uh, that this did to America's image in the world. But I would just say, with a new administration coming into office, never in more than 200 years of our history has restoring America's standing around the world been such an urgent project for a new president. Number five, my last, is Bush's catastrophic economic mismanagement. This is so current we hardly even need to spell it out. It remains to be seen whether we're facing a depression, whether Bush will stand in for Her Herbert Hoover. But I think it's clear that we're living through the direct result of an ideological refusal to sensibly regulate financial markets. Bush says he's sorry about all the lost jobs if you saw his interview on ABC last night. But uh, as he loses his, the interesting question is whether he ever understood or understood now his own contribution. Now our Opponents this evening may try to argue that Richard Nixon or Jimmy Carter was worse, um, but neither of those presidents failed as badly as Bush. Carter had the Camp David Agreement, and despite Watergate, Nixon left historic accomplishments, including opening relations with China and creating the Environmental Protection Agency. Neither of them rivals Bush for sheer, all-pervading incompetence. Uh, but if our opponents tonight... I'm, I'm, I'm closing here. If our opponents tonight wish, wish to argue that Bush was only the second worst president of the last 50 years, that's not much of a defense. Uh, this national nightmare, I would suggest, has been the deepest and longest of all. Thank you, Jacob Weisberg. And, and actually, perfect timing.
Bill Crystal is the editor of the influential Washington-based political magazine, The Weekly Standard. Uh, just over a year ago, he wrote a piece predicting that President Bush's presidency would be remembered ultimately by history as a successful one. We bumped into each other on the street last week, and he said, I'm still prepared to argue that, but can I leave out the U.S. economy? <laughs> Bill Crystal, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, John. No, I'm still happy to argue that, and uh, it's, it's the truth. Um, it's good to be back on the Upper West Side. Let me say I grew up just a mile from here. Bella Abzug was my congresswoman, and that made me a conservative. Right. A decision, a decision I've not regretted uh, since, since then. Um, Bush was not my first choice. George W. Bush was not my first choice for the Republican nomination for the presidency in 2000. I've had my quarrels with the Bush administration, but he's been a pretty good president. Uh, he's, it's, well... <laughs> As we sit here safely seven years after 9-11, having won a war in Iraq, uh, we can snicker and laugh with the U.S. economy having grown 18% over the last eight years faster than any other Western advanced country, um, with the prescription drug benefit having been passed that has benefited many seniors, which Bush gets no credit at all, which he took on his own party for. Uh, on issues like immigration, he valiantly took on his own party and did an awful lot to try to get that through. Uh, Bush has actually been a pretty impressive president. Uh, it's unfortunate that the public has, uh, for various reasons, some of them good, uh, on Bush, and, and, and he's done a horrible job as administration of explaining what they've done and what the choices were. In the real world, the choices are not, you know, perfection and uh, a pretty good presidency. In the real world, he's made a lot of tough decisions, most of them correct. When he became president, al-Qaeda was ascendant. Uh, Saddam Hussein was contained, but unsustainably so, unless you think we could have had sanctions and inspectors uh, for the last eight years. North Korea and Iran were secretly working on nuclear weapons programs. H.U. Khan was dispensing nuclear material and new know-how all over the world. Pakistan had exploded a nuclear weapon in 1998. Then 9-11. Uh, Bush reacted to that correctly, basically. Uh, we've been we have been protected here since then. We have al-Qaeda on the run internationally. People can talk all they want about... Uh, there are a couple of things he did that he shouldn't have done. This has been... But it, they were fixed by people in his own administration. Jack Goldsmith, Attorney General Ashcroft, uh, Attorney General Mukasey have fixed some of the mistakes that were made under the pressure of trying to defend this country against a ruthless terrorist group that had taken 3,000 lives. History will look kindly on Bush's performance as a national security and homeland security president. And one piece of the proof is that Obama is not going to change much. As the Obama people get briefed on the threats, they see that the uh, surveillance program is necessary. I suppose Obama will close Guantanamo and move, in effect, Guantanamo here to the United States, uh, put the people at Fort Leavenworth, but he's not going to release these people into the U.S. The enhanced interrogation techniques, which McCain and Obama oppose, so I guess I'm a lonely person in defending those, uh, saved an awful lot of lives when used on Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and I'm not willing to second-guess the decision to use those techniques. Bush was a strong president on national security. The decision to go into Iraq was necessary, I think. The Middle East today, with Saddam in power, or his sons in power, with terror connections, redeveloping the weapons of mass destruction programs, presumably, since I don't think we could have kept sanctions on and inspectors in for eight years, uh, would have been a much more dangerous place. The decision to go with the surge was a courageous decision made in uh, December 2006, January 2007, under great adverse pressure, with very little public support, very little support from the Republican establishment, no support obviously from almost any Democrats except Joe Lieberman. It was the right decision. It's been utterly vindicated. Have we ever seen, really, this kind of real-time test? Bush said, let's do this. Here's what will happen. Here's how it will work. The critics said it can't work. It wasn't working. You're crazy. More lives are going to be thrown uh, away. And we had a real-time test of who was right and who was wrong. And now Barack Obama, of course, being an intelligent person, admits that the surge worked. Uh, and we are now beginning to draw down in a position of success in Iraq, 
not leaving a country that would have been a breeding ground for terror. I mean, the, the degree to which Bush does not get enough credit for refusing to cut and run in 2007 in Iraq, the degree to which people don't appreciate the strategic, the geostrategic disaster that would have been, it remains kind of amazing to me. We have a pretty good outcome in Iraq, uh, a very important ally in the Middle East that has sacrificed a lot in fighting terror groups that is standing with us against Iran, that has signed a status of forces agreement with us, that will be a strategic partner with us. In a way, this is, could be a strategic victory that could be the flip side of the strategic defeat that the Iranian revolution in 1979 was. The rest of Bush's foreign policy has been, I have my quarrels with some of it, but most of it's been pretty successful. The relationship with India, the management of the China and Japan relationships, the Europeans have been annoyed at Bush at various times. On the other hand, we're working more closely with Europe on Iran than we ever have before. Uh, and for all the talk about US's, the U.S. image in the world, the truth is Barack Obama is not going to change those policies much at all. And I think it's good as an American if we get a lot of credit now with Obama and people decide they like us better. But the actual policies, the NATO policies, the Afghanistan policies, the Iran policies, the Pakistan-India policies, the China policies are not going to change much because they're sensible policies. Uh, on the economy, obviously that's... Uh, been terrible in the last few months. I do think Bush could have done some things differently, but to be fair, it's not as if the Democrats had one prescription and Bush had another, and we went down one road, and that's where we are. There were bipartisan mistakes on some of the institutions like Fannie and Freddie. I'd say Bush was more correct than the Democrats. On others, he might have been somewhat less correct. We did have economic growth over these eight years. On the other hand, the big piece of deregulation that everyone loves to cite as being the kind of key that unlocked the derivatives and the other uh, uh, instruments that have turned out to be uh, sort of spiraled out of control. Uh, the key that unlocked that was presumably the 1999 deregulation of financial institutions signed by Bill Clinton. Uh, Bush didn't sign any big deregulatory bill. So he gets a bit of a bum rap on the economy, but I won't, I won't make that my leading argument for why Bush was a successful argument. President, the prescription drug benefit has worked very well. It has preserved competition while coming in under budget and helped a lot of seniors. AIDS for Africa has worked well. Bush has fought for free trade against the Democratic Party that has tried to turn its back on free trade and would, hopefully Obama will follow Bush and not some of his fellow Democrats uh, in that way. The proof is in the pudding. Obama is not going to change many Bush policies. So it's a little ridiculous to say Bush is the worst president in 50 years. Barack Obama is an intelligent, impressive man. He promises change. I hope he brings some change. But the fact of the matter is Obama's presidency will be, in most major respects, a continuation of the Bush presidency. And that's a good thing for the country. Simon Jenkins is a journalist and an author and writes a column for The Guardian. He is a British subject. He is a friend of America, but has never hesitated to tell America when it thinks it has made mistakes. Ladies and gentlemen, Simon Jenkins arguing for the motion. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just heard a, a, a wonderful suggestion. Um, Barack Obama is going to be the second worst president uh, since the war. Um, uh, the only thing I think that might make you, um, or many of you at least, uh, not agree that George Bush is the worst American president in 50 years is to hear somebody say it in a British accent. Um, uh, I'm acutely aware of the sensitivity uh, of international comment. Uh, I'm a deep skeptic about my own government. Um, I will not say much uh, good of Gordon Brown. I won't say a lot of good about a hereditary monarchy. If I hear someone with an American accent insult my queen, I'll hit them. Uh, <laughs> There is something about foreign accents on these subjects that gets people's backs up, so I beg your pardon. Um, 
The point I want to make is this, that there are really two American presidents. There's a president of the United States of America, and that is entirely your business. But there's a second American president, uh, and he is the president of uh, the Western Alliance, and in many senses, since the end of the Cold War, is seen as a sort of president of the rest of the world. I've just been in uh, Syria and Lebanon. Uh, A lady, uh, speaking at a meeting, uh, made a rather moving remark. She said, every single one of us around the world went to the polls on November the 4th, but only some of us were let in. Uh, the vast majority disenfranchised sat outside, while America decided on their economy, on their diplomacy, on their politics, in many cases on their lives. Uh, and it's to that American president that I want to say a few words tonight. Um, I've spent almost all my life uh, cheerleading for America. I, uh, I'm second to nobody in this uh, noble cause. Um, and I can tell you it's not been easy this past eight years. Um, but uh, until the last eight years, I have always felt that each American president, in some small sense, pushed uphill the great boulder of democratic freedom. Uh, every single one, I felt at the end of it, yup, America's done it again. We've made a bit of progress. Uh, and I felt that was one of the great strengths of America, uh, that it could push that boulder a bit uphill. It may have been a military intervention, uh, it may have been a trade agreement, it may have been a signal example. Whatever it was, somehow or other, there was a progress forward with what I call the great American crusade. When George Bush came to power, Um, I was rather in favour of him. Uh, I rather admired the programme he put forward for his foreign policy. Uh, Condoleezza Rice's famous article um, on a humble foreign policy definitely appealed to me. Uh, I liked the remark about America setting the world an example um, by what it did at home rather than by getting the 82nd Airborne to lead kids to school. Um, This seemed to me to be uh, a refreshing, um, uh, unbombastic, unostentatious diplomacy. Then came 9-11. And I've always remembered those few weeks after 9-11 when the whole world was pro-American. Yasser Arafat gave blood for New Yorkers. Many people forget that. Almost nobody, almost nobody was not on America's side for those two or three weeks. And the uh, disaster that followed, going to war... Uh, in crude retaliation for it, uh, as something from which I don't think American policy abroad has ever recovered. Uh, I've recently been touring around that arc of instability, and the consequences of the consequences of 9-11 really have been catastrophic. Um, To pretend that Iraq is a success is obscene. Uh, Iraq today is more or less back to what it was like in 2004. Um, and if uh, Carl or Bill want to walk hand in hand with me down Haifa Street in Baghdad, um, as you could still in 2004, well, I can tell you they won't. Um, Afghanistan is heading in exactly the same direction. I think Afghanistan's going to be a far worse mistake than Iraq. But in every single theatre that you look, with the possible exception of Japan, which has been eccentrically mentioned, um, you will see what I can only describe as the wrong decisions taken. Iran should not be a foe of America at the moment. It should be much more like Egypt, and it could have been. Uh, there's no reason for undermining the Pakistan government to the extent it's been undermined by American mi- military intervention there. Uh, Russia, um, a putative friend eight years ago, is now a serious menace. Uh, wherever you look, you see what I call the, uh, the crashes down the road of neoconservatism, littering the highway of world affairs. Uh, this was unnecessary. It was not required by circumstance. It was choice. It was decisions made in Washington. Now, those of us who feel very strongly about America always regarded the basis on which America operated out of its area 
America went abroad to do things was that it had a sort of moral superiority. There was behind what it did um, a backbone, and that backbone was the backbone on which those people who approve of American intervention abroad always relied on. I'm afraid under the uh, leadership of the last eight years, that backbone has snapped. It has been simply impossible to tell uh, countries elsewhere in the world um, that the American example, that the American intention, that the American execution of its intervention uh, has been for the best. People just don't see it that way. If you uh, go uh, around many of these countries today, and I mean today, you see the most extraordinary faith put in the next American president. Uh, Simon, could you repeat that line because we want to not edit the bell in. If you go around the world today, you will find the most extraordinary faith in the person you've elected as your next president. I have never come across anything like it. A totally naive belief that this is the Messiah, Barack Obama, has come to save not you, but everybody. He will solve the Middle East. Uh, he will get out of Iraq. He'll get out of Afghanistan. He'll pacify Pakistan. He'll make friends with Iran. Um, ludicrous expectations are placed on the shoulders of this man. The reason why that's happened is because people simply have despaired of the last eight years. The reason why I think unrealistic but possibly disastrous expectations are made of Barack Obama is that George Bush, for better or for worse, George Bush has caused such a catastrophe in so many countries around the world. I congratulate you on voting for Obama. Uh, I hope you will vote for this motion. Thank you. Carl Rove has been a member of President Bush's political family since President Bush first decided to go into politics that goes back more than two decades. He is known as the architect of the 2000 and 2004 victories. The president has referred to him as the boy wonder. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl Rove. Thank you, John. Uh, thanks to Intelligence Squared for having me here tonight. Uh, Simon, I know what you mean about the problem with foreign accents. And I noticed it didn't take you all long to vote, did it? I'm going to make an appeal to the open-minded people of the Upper West Side. And for those of you sensitive to sulfur and brimstone, I apologize. Nothing I can do about it. And now this word from our sponsor. Have you lost your appetite for politics? Not interested in big elections? Do you feel ambivalent every four years? You may be suffering from electile dysfunction. Now, from the leading maker of voter enhancement drugs, try new Votagra. You'll be back in the booth in no time. And your Chad won't be dangling. People who took Votagra while watching campaign commercials had side effects similar to placebo, nausea, drowsiness, and ennui. Call your doctor if you experience elections lasting longer than 72 hours. Offer not good in Florida. And now, messages from Access Sacramento. 